0: There have been sharp falls on Wall Street this morning. Lots of red on my finance screen uh, this morning. It comes ahead of a major speech by the Chair of the US Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell. So he'll be speaking early tomorrow morning Australian time from Jackson Hole Wyoming, and every word will be scrutinised for signs about the direction of US interest rates. For more, we're joined this morning with the ABC Senior Business Correspondent, Peter Ryan. Uh, Firstly, Peter, and uh, good morning. A lot of listeners might be asking why Jackson Hole and what's so special about this location? It's not often we, uh, we hear about Jackson Hole unless Jerome Powell's connected to it.
1: Well, that's right, Tom, and uh, good morning. And you're right, um, central bankers and economists have been going to Jackson Hole in Wyoming uh, since 1982 for what's been billed as a high-powered economic symposium. It's not a bad location either, being in Wyoming, a pretty spectacular ski resort. Not this time of year, of course, but also well known for fly fishing in U.S. culture. It was once an outpost for the Wild West. Maybe appropriate given the challenges of the global economy and some of the characters that come out of that economy. It was once so remote that it was a go-to hideaway for outlaws. I visited there in the early 1990s on a holiday, rather than it being on a central bank meeting. But as you mentioned, early tomorrow morning, Jerome Powell will have the ears of the economic and investing world at this event. Um, He'll be giving an indication of whether interest rates in the United States might actually keep rising because the US economy remains resilient. There's been very strong economic data, despite aggressive interest rate rises to try to keep inflation down. Australia's outgoing Reserve Bank Governor, Philip Lowe, will also be at Jackson Hole along with other central bankers on what appears to be Mr Lowe's final overseas trip. I spoke with him briefly on Wednesday evening at the Business Council annual dinner. He finishes up on September the 17th. So after this final hurrah, he might well be looking at Jackson Hole for a well-earned break. Rather than slicing and dicing economics, he might actually end up being on the golf course, which I understand he prefers.
0: Yeah, well, fly fishing after your wrap of Jackson Hole. I want to go and visit it as well, Peter Ryan. But uh, look, you've had a busy week interviewing CEOs as part of the company reporting season. And uh, look, one big one, Qantas CEO Alan Joyce, you've spoken with him. He's delivered a final monster profit for the airline.
1: That's right. Doesn't matter what you say about Qantas and Alan Joyce. This is a spectacular profit turnaround given what the airline and the rest of the world's been through over the last three years, a full-year net profit of $1.7 billion, that's after tax, and the first full-year profit since the pandemic, which took Qantas to the brink of insolvency at one point. But apart from... Big profits and complaints about customer service and delayed flights and lost baggage. Alan Joyce has also been taking a bit of heat about the Prime Minister's son Nathan, who's been given a membership of the exclusive Chairman's Lounge at Qantas, which is invitation only for leaders of industry and, of course, politicians, though. Mr Joyce denies this has anything to do with lobbying politicians. Now, there's been a lot of concern about whether this membership uh, for the Prime Minister's son is appropriate and also some questions about why the Prime Minister's office hasn't intervened, given concerns it probably doesn't pass the pub test. So I put the question to Alan Joyce yesterday to test his spin doctoring skills ahead of his retirement in November after 15 years you 're well connected politically and a strong lobbyist in Canberra, but can you explain how the Prime Minister's son Nathan got a membership of the exclusive chairman 's lounge
2: i can 't comment on the chairman 's lounge i can't confirm or deny because there are, there are privacy issues and that is against the law. what, what I, w- I will say is that the chairman 's lounge is has been and it is there as a mechanism for uh, for us where well, a lot of companies a lot of serve uh, a, a lot of people have membership of it and I at the end of the day, if anybody actually thinks that membership of the Chairman of Leon's influences government decisions, um, they're absolutely wrong.
1: But it helps to be the Prime Minister's son, I suppose.
2: Well, again, I can't, and I won't comment on that because that's against uh, the privacy laws. I think this has been something that has been blown out of all proportion in my mind, and I don't think people should be going after the Prime Minister's son on this, and I think it's completely inappropriate um, that, that he's been made the centre of this, and I don't think that's right.
0: Qantas Chief Executive Alan Joyce speaking to Peter Ryan is with us. year certainly a lot of secrecy over this uh, chairman's lounge, place I don't know if I'll ever see the inside of, but, uh, but uh, good one uh, throwing that question to him, Peter. Look, finally, it's been a massive week for the economy uh, with the full release of the intergenerational report. It came out yesterday in full, but certainly a bit of news sort of trickling out throughout the week. What's your main take out?
1: But Tom, I don't think I'll be getting into the chairman's lounge anytime soon. <laughs> but yes, um, firstly, there's a screaming demand out of the intergenerational report for tax reform. And earlier this week, the Business Council of Australia proposed a few things, including raising the GST and broadening the base and a lower corporate tax rate. Early this week, a theme that's resounded over the years. Of course, both ideas have been rejected by the Treasurer and the Prime Minister. They want to do bite-sized economic reform. But with uh, budget deficits. Uh, according to the intergenerational report remaining for the next four decades, there's a growing need to raise more tax revenue beyond the personal tax take, which actually accounts for 60% of tax revenue. And also um, is interesting that excise on tobacco and fuel will gradually disappear, assuming that more people will quit smoking and also more electric cars hit the road. So that revenue is going to have to be replaced somehow. And also, as we were mentioning yesterday, as renewables take off, and iron ore and coal are gradually phased out, um, there's going to be a massive loss of revenue from those tax receipts on those commodities exports. And so there's going to have to be a replacement on that with uh, renewables. Uh, So that's going to be very important to get that revenue to pay for the services that we all take for granted here in Australia, which remains a very, very fortunate country, but we still have to pay for things like Medicare, uh, the national disability insurance, scheme which has been life-changing for so many people uh, and aged care and of course defence and we'd be spending a lot more money in in the AUKUS pact of
0: course. Okay Peter thanks as always for joining us it's the ABC senior business correspondent Peter Ryan with us there and it's almost time for five minutes of news this is ABC News Radio across Australia thanks for your company this Friday morning.